the Lord God has given me the tongue of the Lord, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the Lord. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. Please be seated. Tonight, I want to start uh, this message, a title, Growing into Maturity. Growing into Maturity. The spiritual mature person is the only one that can make a lasting impact in the kingdom of God. Many today are just satisfied to go to church on Sunday and, and do the worship thing. And I have no idea that God has something even better than just worshiping him for them. A woman went to a minister. She was depressed and needed help. And the minister asked, What's your ministry? What's your ministry? She was confused. She didn't know what a ministry was. All she was concerned about, I'm a church member. What ministry are you talking about? Every one of you should have a ministry. No matter who you are. If you don't have a ministry, you're still a child. And children don't reign. You cannot reign and rule in the kingdom. Satan will not respect you because you're a child. We need to grow into maturity. The church is full of children and they're tossed to and fro, running back and forth because they're not taking time to grow up, to become children of the living God so that God can use them. You don't give the car keys to a six-year-old and, and tell them to go and park the car. <laughs> That's the way God sees it. Listen to this scripture here, and I'm going to stay with this for a while. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1 through 8. It says, Therefore, let us move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ and be taken forward to maturity. Not laying again the foundation of repentance. So there are certain foundations that needed to be laid when we come into Christ. But God's saying, you're not staying there, you're going forward, you're going to maturity. Listen to this. Not laying again, that means it was laid before, but we're not going to do this again. The foundation of repentance from acts that lead to death and of faith in God, that's another foundation. Faith in God, instruction about cleansing rites in King James, it says baptisms. So there is baptism in water. And there is baptism in the Holy Spirit. 
Some people just stay with the baptism in water. They don't want to hear anything about baptism in the Holy Spirit. They don't understand it, don't want to understand it, don't choose to go there, don't practice, don't do nothing. But they are going to heaven, they're sure, and they're happy to remain babies. So, instruction about baptisms, that's another foundation. The laying on of hands, that's another foundation. That's a ministry, laying on of hands, that's a foundation. To lay hands on the sick and to pray for them. To lay hands so that the Holy Spirit will come upon people. That's another foundation. But Paul is saying, I mean the scripture is saying to us here, the writer of Hebrews says, we need to go beyond that. That's one foundation. We need to go beyond that. In the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. And he says this in verse 3, and God permitting, we will do so. In other words, God permitting, we will move forward. We will go beyond this foundational teachings about Christianity. We are going to grow up into maturity. We will do that. And then it tells us it is impossible for those who have once been enlightened, who have tasted the heavenly gifts, who have shared in the Holy Spirit, who have tasted the goodness of the Word of God and the power of the coming age and have fallen away to be brought back to repentance. In other words, if today we don't talk much about backsliding. A lot of people come into church, they're backsliding. No feeling, they don't pray, they say a few words in church, and that's about it. Really weak. Sometimes I think Satan doesn't bother with them because bothering with them probably, they know when they are in trouble, they run to God, and God, Satan doesn't want that. And so he leaves them alone while they deal with life issues and nothing about the kingdom of God. There is a word here that is so important in this particular scripture. That's why I had this long passage here. So they are lost, it says. They are, they are crucifying the Son of God all over again and subjecting him to public disgrace. And now when you, when you fall away, that's what you do. Public disgrace. Um, I remember when I was uh, new as a Christian... I had a good preaching from my brothers. I mean, they were not saved then. But there was a fellow that got saved. And uh, his friend, both of them got saved. One of them is internationally known minister. Uh, known all over uh, the world, I believe. But uh, I was new to the faith. And this other guy was saved. But he wasn't living right. He lived with the other guy. The other guy was just focused on growing and doing ministry strong, and the other one was taking advantage of everything that was going on in the flesh. And he fell away from the Lord and uh, was with my brothers, drinking and doing all of their partying and all of that. And they didn't think much about it. It's just backsliding. They knew the word backsliding to be back to backslide. My brothers knew about it even though they were not sla- saved at that point. But something happened to him. God touched him again. 
while they were going to do, with my younger brother, going to do an illegal business, God touched him again, and he was strongly moved. My brother said, I mean, he was looking for me, I need to get saved, because this guy started saying, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And it's like he saw something, and cried out for help. And my brother said he wouldn't even touch this stuff. We were struggling doing this illegal business without money. Now we have money and he wouldn't help me. He doesn't want to do it. And my brother said, just tell me how I can get saved. I want to get saved. He's going back to Christ. And he did. He did. For a while. This is very serious. He did for a while and left them and their partying and all of that. And they were all shaken by what had happened. In fact, this fellow that I'm saying, the international minister, he actually came from his, his, uh, uh, his church and where he was ministering to help to see if my brother would make a decision for Christ at this point. We were, you know, in those days we prayed for them seriously to get them saved. And I was glad, but my brother didn't want any word. He said, don't preach to me. Just tell me what I can do to get saved. I need to get saved. From what I saw from this fellow, there's something. This is really serious. He never, at that point, never stayed with it. But it wasn't too long. He went back. The same fellow went back to the club where they were drinking. And one of my brothers said, when he came back, I called all of my brothers. Those of them, he said, now listen. If he wants to sin against God, let him sin on his own. Please, none of you, don't buy him beer. Okay? Don't do it. If he wants to sin, let him sin on his own. To renew again to repentance. Because you put the Lord God to public shame, according to this word. That man's life is an example to me till this very day. What happened to him? They wouldn't, they wouldn't buy him here. He sat down and they were watching him. And he, they, my brother said he went and walked across the hall and bought himself beer. And my brother said, you know, I almost... I wanted to punch him out. Because, yeah, he was mad. He said, you know what they're doing to us? They're telling us God's not good. And they really, they really hurt us. One of my brothers was, tell, was telling me that. And he said, you, you better not do that. Because you'll destroy the rest of us. I got a good preaching that day. <laughs> I, I got it. I had it. And I shared this here before. That fellow never could come back to God. He had an affair with his father's wife. That's how far he went. To renew. In fact, when I visited, the last time I came in for my PhD, I I suddenly remembered him and I said, what happened to this guy? I don't want to say his name. What happened to him? They said, oh my God, you won't believe. He's dead. And the people, his family... And friends thought it was too wicked to be buried in a grave. They threw his body in the jungle for animals to eat. Just took the body, left it in the jungle. That's a man that received Christ. This is serious. 
Very serious. Just to turn away. I learned my lesson. You got to stay with it. But not just stay with it. Make sure you grow to maturity. Not laying this foundation of repentance. That's there. But that's already gone. You should know that. You move on to maturity. That's what the scripture tells us here. And that's the word of God. We need to grow up. God will not give you serious responsibility in the kingdom. And now, let me let you know this. When we get to heaven, there are, peop- there are people with different ranks. All of us are not going to be the same. Just like in the kingdom, right? In the United States, we have the president of the United States, right? This is a kingdom. And John and James, they recognize that. When they were asking, we want to sit at your right and to your, on your left, you know what they saw? They knew this was going to be a kingdom, and the one who is sitting close to the seat of power, they got so much power in the kingdom. This is a kingdom forever. Your status, when you get there, that's the way you remain for eternity. You can change it. Some people said, I just want to be at the gate. That's where you will be for eternity. By the gates. I don't want to be by the gates. I want to be near the Lamb. I want to be close to the Lamb. And until you, unless you are mature and have great responsibility here as a servant of God, that God can trust you and say, yes, I know you can handle it. Because every responsibility you are given comes with suffering in the kingdom of God. And babies can handle a lot of suffering. Now they need their pacifier. You got to give them pacifier. It doesn't take too much before they start screaming and crying. And if you are an adult, you cry like that, and they, you hear them say, Are you a baby? You need a pacifier or something? You got to pacify them. Very little things will come into that. Very little things upset them. That's a clear sign. That's a clear sign. There is a scripture. Can you give me? That's uh, um, Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. Unto us a child is born. And to us a what? A son is given. On him, the government on his shoulders. Right? Notice what it says. A child is born. But you don't stay a child to have the government on your shoulders. Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. The child is born, but then you need a son. You grow up to be a son. Not a child. Notice it didn't say unto us a child is born and the government will be upon his shoulders. No, it was a son that was given. Jesus never started his ministry. He didn't start his ministry until he was an adult. Serious responsibilities are not given to children. They can't handle them. So it behooves us 
to work hard to get to the place of maturity so that God can give you your ministry in the house of God. I have to have my ministry. You have to have your ministry. The Bible tells us in Luke 180, So the child grew and became strong. That's John the Baptist grew and became strong in the spirit. Now he was already strong in the spirit. But God knows you need both of them. He was strong in the spirit and was in the desert till the day of his manifestation to Israel. Or the day of his revealing to Israel. So God had a set time. Even though he was a young man, God was growing him up both spiritually and physically so he can handle the work, the load that God was delivering to him. Until that time, no, not yet time for the manifestation or the revealing to the house of Israel. That's what it is. You, know, you can read in the scriptures, the Bible says, don't, give, uh, don't lay your hands suddenly on anyone. I think we think that means don't just lay your hands on people. Something will happen. But basically, it says don't just pick anybody. If it's a new convert, don't give him serious responsibility. Kill them. That's what it's saying. They're not able to handle it. The next thing you know, it says they will be filled with pride. And I've seen that. You give them responsibility. Before long, they think I'm better than everybody else. And they want, they want to take over. And if you stop them, they get mad and they're gone. And they stay babies for a period of, for a very long time. Maybe God will open their eyes to see. So, is that responsibility is only given to those who are willing to get to a place of maturity. Listen to this. For the children of God, only sons, like I said, can reign... This is what God talks about, tells us about those who are children. In Isaiah chapter 8, verse 18, many of us know that scripture. Here am I and the children whom the Lord has given to me. We are for what? Signs and wonders to Israel from the Lord of hosts who dwells in Mount Zion. So if you're doing signs and wonders like Jesus You are mature both spiritually and physically. Today, God doesn't need for somebody to be mature physically if they really understand the Word of God. It comes by the Spirit. Timothy was a young man, but his father mentored him really well, Paul. He was a pastor. So, that, that's not important. But Paul tells us this, which is what we need to understand. Galatians 4, verse 1 and 2. Now I say the heir, as long as he is a child, as long as he is a child, does not differ at all from a slave. In other words, a servant. As long as you are a child, Satan doesn't respect you. Unless you grow spiritually and become mature, you can't handle the enemy coming at you. Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, does not differ at all. I mean, you're, there's no difference. You're a child. Even though you can become the king, you have the right to be a king, but now 
you are still like a servant in the house. Though he is master of all. Why is he telling us we're master of all? <laughs> you, you got everything, all the power. You, you have all the, the power. But you are still a child. You are not able to do anything because you are a child. You are master of all, but don't have dominion. But it tells us that it's under guardians and stewards until the time appointed by the Father. So time appointed by the Father, when will that be? When you are mature. When you're mature, that's the time the father says, okay, you can give him responsibility now. You got all the power, you can do whatever, but now you're still a child and the servants are telling you what to do. They tell you when to go to bed, they wake you up, bring your food to you because you're a child. We need to grow up so that we can be about our father's business and do what God has called us to do. It's an amazing thing that I guess I'm speaking to the choir tonight, everybody. But how long will it take for you to be able to really handle responsibilities on your own as a child of God? If today you are placed in a situation where you have to be a pastor. What would you do? How much do you know to deliver to the people? You're going to be worried? What if God just suddenly placed you in that situation? What are you going to do? Do you have a ministry? Is your ministry prospering in the church, in the house of God? God wants every one of us to be teachers, to disciple people. Individually, we're supposed to do this. Listen to what the scripture says. For though by this time you ought to be, a teach, ought to be teachers, at this time, who is he talking to? The whole church, right? At this time you ought to be teachers. You need someone to teach you again first principles. We talked about the first principles of the oracle of God. That includes laying on of hands, right? You need somebody to start teaching you those things. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled. In the word of righteousness. So the word, if you are unskilled in the word of righteousness, guess who you are? What you, all you've been having is milk. You got to grow. You have to study. What we get in church is not enough. You've got to study on your own. To make sure you can minister to people and handle them and grow them. You have a ministry. Every one of us here has a ministry. You may not realize it, but God has put a ministry in your hand. I have my ministry even before I became a pastor. I had my ministry. One time my ministry was helping people receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Just go to Him. I enjoyed That was my ministry. It changes. It will change from 
from one thing to the other, but you have your ministry, your place in the house of God, and you can do that work. But if you have no hunger for it, God will not deliver it to you. If you don't have any hunger, God will not reveal himself to, himself to you as to what he really wants you to do. But when you really have a hunger to serve God in the house of God, God will bring you a ministry that will help the church, the Ark Fellowship. Helping people to find him. It says, if, you, if for everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled. In the word of righteousness. For he is a babe. So again, my point tonight is, God doesn't want you to stay a baby. God doesn't want you to stay a baby. And if you are not able to handle spiritual things and help people and help yourself, you're still a baby. And God doesn't want you to stay that way. He's still a babe. But solid food is, belongs to those who are of full age. That is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. So, this is something you have been in over and over again in your life. It's part of your life. And God's working in your life. There are certain things, I mean, sometimes there's so much misunderstanding when you're talking to people possibly who are still babies. You have to be really clear because they they will misunderstand what you're trying to say and the point of it. Understanding, Understanding doctrine. The form of doctrine that you receive can get, have you bound or can be a freedom, something for freedom, you know, for you. But you have to dig on your own. You have to go out and study. If there's an area in your life where you think, I'm not strong in this area, go get books. It's very important. Oh, listen, today we have no excuse. You can get books, you can, whatever you need to strengthen yourself so that you are mature in that particular area. So that God will... Because until you have revelation in that area, you can't see manifestation. Until you grow in that area and you are truly solid in that area, no manifestation. Because the Holy Spirit will only work with the one who is mature spiritually in any given area. And there is so much to know with regards to God. There is so much to know. And we have to be there. Listen to what Paul says. However, we speak wisdom. We speak wisdom among those who are mature. So there are certain things. You remember this, this Jesus was speaking to the disciples. He said, I have many things that I want to share with you now. Why wouldn't he tell them? He said, you can't handle them. You are not mature enough. You will not understand it. You just will not understand He takes revelation from the Holy Spirit when he reveals these things to you as you search for God to do his work and to manifest the power of the Spirit in your life. He says, however, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, 
nor of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. So we need to have that wisdom of God to grow. Now, what I want to go on to now is how do we grow into maturity? How do we grow into maturity? Let me tell you one thing that most Christians think. Just because you pray doesn't mean you're going to grow into maturity. That's not a formula for growing. Prayer is okay, but that's not the formula. Listen to this. 1 Peter 2 verse 2. It says, as newborn babes, desire the pure or desire prayer. Is that what it says? No. So it tells you how to grow, right? There's only one way to grow. Remember Paul talks about solid food and milk? That's the only way to grow. The word of God. That's the only way to grow. Prayer will help. It's like breathing. But you need the word. As newborn babes, desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. It's only through the word that you can grow. Because if you don't have understanding, there is no way the Holy Spirit can manifest Himself in your life is not going to work. You need revelation from the word. As long as you don't have light, you still are in darkness. Jesus said, and you shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Not prayer. Prayer will come only after you know the truth. Satan is not going to have respect for you when he knows you don't know the truth. My people perish for what? Lack of knowledge. You don't know the truth. That's the only way to grow. The word of God. The word of God. And understanding from the word of God. That's the only way to grow. And so what Satan is doing, they pray because they have to. Troubles come every day, right? And we have to pray when trouble comes. That's given. Even if you've not been praying for a week. Just a letter that comes through the mail will get you on your knees. You'll be praying. But most people don't study the word. They don't meditate in the word. They don't meditate in the word. They don't have time for that. They go to church and hear a few words. And that's a good sermon. That's not all. That's it. But this is the only place to grow. There is no other thing. Look. Maturity doesn't answer to prayer. You can't pray to be mature. That's why Jesus told the disciples, I have many things to share with you, but you cannot handle them right now. When the Holy Spirit comes, because of everything, then he can teach you those things. But you have to give him time. For him to put those things in your spirit. 
which most, many Christians are not willing. I mean, your attitude towards worship, we're coming to that. Your attitude towards the Word of God, all of that makes it so that you don't really desire, like he says, as newborn babes, what is it? Desire the milk. There's got to be desire there. There's got to be desire that God knows when there is no desire. He shows in your life. He shows in your church attendance. He shows what's important to you. God knows it. And I don't know what's going to happen in the last day. It's frightening what's happening in the world today. There are people, people criticize them. But there are some people that travel from place to place. Where they found where they can get the word of God. And the others are criticizing them. I know people, Kenneth Copeland is having something there. They, they're right there. They're listening. And they're growing. If there is no desire for the word, it's going to be a really tough road for the believer. Because the word is what you build with. You cannot reign without wisdom. No king. Proverbs chapter 8 makes it very clear. He says, by me, kings rule. You can't reign in life without wisdom. And the Bible is clear. God has given us the grace to reign in life, in this present life. But you can't reign without wisdom. And wisdom comes through the Word of God. Jesus is the Word of God. He has become wisdom to us. And you have to know wisdom. Wisdom is the principal thing. So he says, get wisdom. And when you get wisdom, which is the word of God, with all you're getting, get understanding also. That's how this works. That's what Paul was saying. We speak wisdom among those who are mature. What wisdom is he talking about? The word of God, right? That's, what, that's wisdom. We speak wisdom to those who are mature. I can only talk to them. Sometimes you really can't go there. They don't understand where you're going with that. Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1 and 2, he says, And I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. I fed you milk and not with solid food. I, I, you know, I was trying to help you. For until now, you were not able to receive it. And even now, you are still not able. That's tough. How long will it take for us to be able to receive the word of wisdom from God? You see, there's a scripture here. When you have taken the word of God, what most Christians do is you can come to a conclusion if you're meditating. That's how you get free. By staying with the word of God. 
That's how you learn and you mature. You meditate on it. That gives you understanding. Otherwise, you remain a babe. And people can listen to you and can tell the understanding is not deep here. <laughs> deep calls out to deep. That's what it is. It's through the knowledge of God that you can really grow into maturity. And the knowledge of God is not seeing God and know how He looks. He's the Word of God. You want to know what God looks like? How we feel? Study the Word. That's how you can get into maturity. Through the Word. Somebody was reading in the Scripture, just staying with Scripture. And, and the Holy Spirit can lift that thing up. I mean, it could be something as simple. And we'll come into that. And God can use that to really minister to this individual. He was young, a new Christian, but was studying the Word, was sick, and was meditating on the Word. Uh, the, the old King James, he says, and it came to pass. Remember, you see that a lot. And it came to pass. And the guy kept reading, and he says, and it came to pass, and it came to pass. And he was sick, and he believed by his stripes he were healed. And he saw, and it came to pass. He started meditating on simple words, and it came to pass. In his mind, he starts putting the stuff, that's meditation, amen? He started thinking, well, it came to pass. So the sickness has come, no matter how but he's come to pass. Well, I'm healed. He's coming to pass. Guess what? He got healed. Just from the word, he received it. A maturity. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 2 and 3, he says, Grace and peace be multiplied to you. If you don't have grace on your life, that means you are graceless. Right? <laughs> no grace. And if you don't have grace, you will suffer shame. Because Satan is he's not going to quit. He keeps, he keeps coming. Look at what he says. Grace and peace, they what? Multiplied. Peace means shalom. Everything well. Is Satan going to attack? Yes. But you're scared of him? No. Because you know the word. Amen. You can stand your ground. Eventually it will pass. Amen. It will eventually pass. But grace upon your life. Grace and peace. No matter what the enemy throws at you. Grace and peace to you. How? In the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Jesus said, this is eternal life. That they may know you and your son, the son whom you have sent. To know God, that's grace. But there's no other way to really know him except through the book. The more you know of the book, the more mature you are as a Christian. You can never rise above your knowledge in God. It's impossible. You can never rise above what you know in the, from the Word of God. What God has given to you by revelation. If you try to be scared, 
and, and it comes through paying attention and understanding what's going on. There were how many disciples in the boat, probably 12 of them. But Peter had gained understanding based on his interaction with Jesus. I can walk on water if he tells me, yes, come. See, the rest of them didn't even have desire for that. I know we're, we always blame Peter for, for, you know, I mean, he allowed uh, worldly knowledge to come into it. But in his mind, that's Jesus. He's walking on water. I've understood this man. We've been around him. I know him. If he tells me, come, I can do it also. He got that figured out. The others didn't, they didn't ask. They didn't even attempt. That wasn't their thing. This Peter. Usually when you are into God's word, it doesn't take too long before they say you're nuts. In the mind, I'm sure the others will say, why does he want to walk on water? Who does he think he is? Just because Jesus is walking on water, you think he But guess what Jesus said? Come. And he walked. Because he got that understanding. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. The more of Jesus you know in his word, the more of grace you have in your life. The more of Jesus you know, the greater, you pe- the greater the peace you enjoy as a Christian, even in the presence of trouble. And they'll come. Grace and peace be multiplied to you. So it's actually the word of God. That's my point. It's all in the word of God. It says, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Through what? Through the knowledge of him. Again, through the knowledge of the word who has called us by glory and virtue, has called us to glory and virtue, called us by and to glory and virtue. Excellent. But the only way to get there is through knowledge of the word. It's only through knowledge of the word. Now, I believe in Romans chapter 8, he talked about those that God foreknew, he also called, and those he called, he justified, made righteous, and those he justified, he glorified. So, the end of your calling to God is glorification. And when we think about glorification, we're thinking when we get to heaven. No, it can begin here. God can put his glory, and that's what he says here. He's called us to, by and to, glory and virtue. But all of that doesn't happen, because we're talking about maturity, unless we do this one thing. You know, for us as believers, again, it's like a child, the Bible talks about uh, John the Baptist until the time of his manifestation. He was in the wilderness, think about it, wilderness, experience, 
until the time of his manifestation when he was mature. That's when God decided to reveal him. And we are the light of the world. So basically, you'll be in the wilderness, but you are going to your revealing the promised land, right? There's always a wilderness experience. You're taken from where you're saved, and then you have to go through this wilderness experience. That's where you grow until you get into your promised land. That's the way God does this thing. It's a principle in God's word. It starts that way. But as you are entering into your promised land, God demands certain things that you need to, to, to have. He tells us in Joshua chapter 1 verse 8, This book of the law shall what? Not depart from your mouth. So again, it has to do with the word of God. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night. I think a lot of people know scriptures, but they don't meditate on scriptures. What that means is, you take these scriptures from different parts of the script of the, of the Bible and you come to a conclusion as to what God's will is for your life. You have to do that because there are so many scriptures. You, you have to put those things together. If it has to do with finances, you have to study it to the point where you come to a conclusion based on God's word. Now, because God said this here and this there and over here, he said the same thing. Therefore, I believe that this is my portion in life. That's my inheritance. Because God has said in his word, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue that rises up against you in judgment, thou shalt condemn. And he says, this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And their righteousness is of me. I've got his righteousness. I've got his righteousness. And I've shared this before here. Because I've got his righteousness, and the Bible says, no weapon formed against me will prosper. And Psalm 91 says, a thousand will fall at your side. Do you know that scripture? Ten thousand, it won't come near you. No plague will come near your dwelling. The Bible also tells us in, in uh, uh, Mark chapter 16, you know, and also Mark chapter 16 from 15, 15 downward, these signs follow them that believe, right? They drink stuff, deadly poison, it won't hurt them. And Jesus told us the same thing, Luke chapter 10 verse 19, Behold, I give you power to tread on serpents and on scorpions, and over some of the powers of the enemy, all the powers of the enemy. And then he said, Nothing shall by any means hurt you. So now I am, I'm not going to preach in a crusade, and the people are saying, There's a demon in town, he's going to be mad at you, and he's going to come at you. And they said, Well, you need to fast because he's going to be mad. Now I'm not fasting for a demon. I've already fasted for my God. And God has told me when I preach his gospel, he says, and the Lord walking with them, confirming the word with signs following. He's walking with me. And Jesus also told us in Matthew chapter 28, he says, behold, I will be with you even to the end of the age. Go preach the gospel. I'm doing that. I know he's with me. What demon is going to go around Jesus to hurt me? Why should I fast? Let that demon go fast. 
So you come to a conclusion and have no fear. Amen? And nothing touches you. Because you have meditated in the word of God. Not just one scripture. But you know what the word says and you come up with a conclusion. That's why he says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. But you meditate in it day and night. That you may observe to do. Because once you have come to your conclusion, you can observe it. That's maturity. That's maturity. You can observe because you have come to a conclusion. This is what God says and you are no longer afraid. You can do what the word says. So you can observe to do all that is written in it. Everything. But until you know it, you will be afraid to do it. You will be afraid. And then he tells you, for then you, shall, you will make your way. Who will make your way prosperous? God? No. He says you. Right? Read. We always like to say, well, God will make my way prosperous. That's not what the scripture says. He says, for then you, and notice the word you is not capitalized, so it's not God. When you have the word and you are mature, you know the word of God, because that's the only way to get into maturity, and you can't have responsibility from God for you to do work in the kingdom unless you are mature, and maturity only comes through the word when God knows you understand the scriptures and the Holy Spirit has ministered it to you, and then you have confidence in Him, and He says, Don't let go of your confidence. Remember that scripture? Then you can go out in confidence on God's word. You know, Peter stepped out of the boat having confidence on the word come. simple. Just confidence on, he walked on water based on that word, come. No explanation. No, don't worry about it. Just do what I tell you. No. Word, come. That was good enough for Peter. And the water was solid for him to walk on. When you meditate on the word, you lose your fear. Because his ways are higher than our ways. And what we are believing is not tangible. You can't handle it with your hands. And sometimes it takes a lot of time. It seems like it's not happening. So you tend to fret. But when you trust God's word, and you really know God, and what God has given to you, you can wait patiently for your deliverance. Because you know God cannot lie. God cannot lie. You know, years back, I, I got into this scripture where he says it was like revelation. I've been reading it over and over again. But as I was reading it, and I got that f- to help people receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit, <laughs> and he says, uh, Ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Knock, the door will be opened to you. And then I found that scripture in verse 10. Luke chapter 11, verse 10. He says, uh, he went on there to say, for everyone that asks, receives. Everyone that asks, receives. Everyone, I saw that, that thing hit me so hard. Really? And then Jesus started explaining, because from my background, we used to be scared of demons, you know? And I thought, uh, we used to think, what if I ask God for the Holy Spirit and sit and sleep the demon on me? That would be sad, you know? Because you think, my heart is not all pure, so God, purify my heart so I will get 
the Holy Spirit and not a demon, you know. But then I found out, he says, what you ask is what you get. Amen? What you ask, if you ask for bread, he will give you a stone, right? So if I ask for the Holy Spirit, he won't give me a demon. He won't permit that. And then I read further, and he says, how much, he says, if you then being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? So I said, why have I got it? This is good. Anyone can receive the Holy Spirit. All they have to do is ask. Amen? I got bold. Then I can step out to pray with them. And I can assure them from the word of God. And you know, when you preach the word of faith, that's what the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 10. It says, it is the word of faith that we preach. It's in your mouth and in your heart. And God will always confirm it. We were in, uh, in the prison. You heard this before as testimony. We ministered to nine prisoners in a room. Nine of them. And I wasn't too sure of all of them because some of them, it seemed like they just got there for the first time. I'm not too sure. But we had this consistent one. Maybe the, fall, the previous Thursday, I wasn't there. So I, maybe the same nine. But guess what? It didn't matter how they looked, what they've done. I knew if they heard the word, and if they received the word, they were going to receive the Holy Spirit. And guess what? All nine of them received the Holy Spirit because of that simple word that God delivered to me years back. Everyone who asks, receives. And I shared that with them. Everyone who asks, receives. And everyone is you. My point is, once you get that scripture and you meditate in it, and you grow in it, it grows inside of you. And it matures you. You lose your fear. You know, children are afraid of the dark, right? <laughs> Some adults, uh, they do that too. But <laughs> Especially one that, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> but once you are grown, you're not that scared of it anymore. You got knowledge, right? That's the issue here. Once you know the word of God, you lose the fear. You're a grown man, a grown woman, and then you can let God be God in your life. Amen? There's so much we've got to be talking about in this because I want to I wanna go ahead uh, later to share some of the things that I've seen in the church. I've been in the Christian, uh, in the Christian faith, I think, should I say it, about 40 years now, more. And... Um, but by the grace of God, from day one, very active, I act like a pastor inside the pastor's church, you know, just dealing with people. And I've seen a lot of stuff. I've seen, and I'm beginning, and I'm still learning, still growing. Sometimes what you think is maturity is not. Because the, the, the people will just blindside you, I mean, the way it is. But there are certain signs to show us when there is no maturity. And I pray that God gives me wisdom with regards to that. Because you cannot give responsibility to somebody who is not mature. It's not on the outside. It's not what you see on the outside. Sometimes it's not by how they pray. I've made those the same mistakes. I've seen like when I'm in my country, some of those guys can pray. I can't pray like them. In words. And they're really good when they pray. 
but sit down and talk to them and all the fear. You can hear the fear and all of that. And I'm wondering, I thought, <laughs> I thought you knew a lot or you're grown. But then I have to change my mind. This is still a baby Christian. There are signs that we can need to look into so we can recognize those. And if you find that there's something in your life, you can also, you can work on it and tell God, please help me and start studying the word because God cannot really use a person. Uh, I, I, I know for sure some of the things I've had to handle as a pastor uh, when I was new, I couldn't handle them. They would be tough for me. I'd probably backslide real good. I mean, backslide like crazy. Because, uh, but these days, is you got to deal with it. I knew they were. I already knew that's part of my calling, so it doesn't bother me. I, I mean, don't, I'm not saying it doesn't. It's not doesn't. It's not painful, but I can go past it, just like that. It's painful, but I already know. It's like a pastor was telling me this, this, this happened. I said, I know that's part of my calling. That's what I, everyone that is going to be glorified with Christ must suffer with him. So you have to, to respect those things and, and move on. But it all comes through sharing the word of God. Question tonight. Are you a mature Christian? Are you a mature Christian? How do you handle issues? Difficult situations that come into your life. I'll leave you with that. But next week we'll go on to this. We'll conclude. Please stand up with me tonight. Oh my God. Oh Lord. <laughs> Preaching to the choir. They are here tonight. Maybe they have one outside. Should be, should be hearing this. But tell them. Listen online. Go go online. <laughs> Listen. Okay. Sunday morning is a tough one because we have a missed crowd. We have people who are not saved. We got to minister to them. Amen. Please raise your hand and pray for yourself and for your, your Christian brother and sister. The thing is to love and to be sure that we edify each other, encourage those that are down, we are, on, we are in the same team. That's the way I see it. We are in the same team. We have to love one another. You have to love no matter what. You have to pray. Especially if you notice something, pray for those. That's maturity. Pray for those. Pray. Father God, reveal yourself to us by the spirit of the living God. Give us assurance according to your word. Romans chapter 8 verse 15. As many as are led by the spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Lord, you have told us in the word that the spirit bears witness with our spirit. That we are children of the living God. Let your spirit bear witness with our spirit tonight that we belong to you, God, and that we have open doors. We can grow. We can become mature. We can do signs and wonders. We can reach out to our friends. We can bring them in. Thank you, Lord Jesus. 
Lord, your word says without you we can do nothing. Even the desire to search, we don't even have that without you. So tonight, in the name of Jesus, I ask that you fill us with a desire, love for the word of God, love to have understanding, love to have knowledge in the word of God. Lord, let us not rest until we've gone to your word to understand who our God is. We want to know you, just like Paul said, to know him and to know the fellowship of his suffering. We want to be like Jesus. We want to know you, Lord God. Draw our hearts towards that desire. Let that desire burn in our hearts, O God, by the power of your Spirit. We pray for those that are not here tonight, O God. Let that Spirit fall upon them, the fire of the Holy Spirit, to create in them desire to know God better. Yes, your word says we can know you. We can know you. So that through those divine promises, we can be partakers of your divine nature. Thank you, Father. We give you praise tonight in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. God bless you.